Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasha Zaitz. Today, we're going to talk about sexual health and the role of at-home diagnostic testing in managing and preventing sexually transmitted diseases. More than 1 million sexually transmitted infections, which include syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, HIV, hepatitis, and other infections, are acquired every day worldwide. The majority of STIs are asymptomatic, making early detection that much more important to prevent the spread of these diseases. If you just look at HIV, according to the World Health Organization, Globally, 38.4 million people were living with HIV at the end of 2021. Science has advanced immensely to help treat and manage HIV, and for over a decade, populations at risk can take preventative pills, which prevent HIV infections by over 99%. Unfortunately, access to these prophylaxis shouldn't be taken for granted. In the US, the coverage of these preventative pills or PrEP is supposed to be covered by insurance under the Affordable Care Act. However, in September, a district court ruling in Texas potentially endangered this access. A Christian-owned company argued against the Affordable Care Act's requirement that insurers and employers offer plans that cover PrEP for free. The argument was that this statutory provision, quote, forces religious employers to provide coverage for drugs that facilitate and encourage homosexual behavior, prostitution, sexual promiscuity, and intravenous drug use, end of quote. The company won the case, and the ruling opened up concerns about what this will mean for future efforts and coverage for preventative health measures. In today's discussion, which was recorded before the Texas court ruling, you'll hear from Emma Reyer, the head of strategic partnerships for Ash Wellness, a remote diagnostic solution. Ash Wellness supports traditional healthcare systems, universities, public health initiatives, and digital health companies in giving patients access to at-home sample collection kits that are then sent and analyzed in laboratories. Emma talked about the differences in the attitudes toward testing for STIs in South Africa, where she grew up, and the US, where she lives now. She also explained how the ASH platform works, how is at-home diagnostics market evolving, and more. Enjoy the show, and if you haven't yet, subscribe to be notified about new episodes automatically. To browse through other topics as well, visit our website facesofdigitalhealth.com. And also, during the summer, I started publishing a monthly newsletter. So check out the link in the show notes and subscribe to the newsletter if you want to be notified about what we covered in the past month, because as mentioned, this is only published every few weeks. So your inbox will not get spammed. Now let's dive in today's discussion.
Emma, uh, welcome to the discussions where we're going to focus on the evolution of at-home diagnostics. You are actually quite new to healthcare, at least according to your CV. So can you just, as a brief introduction question, tell me a little bit more about how you got into healthcare to Ash Wellness, where you are today? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be chatting to you. A little bit about my background. Yeah, I have a background in marketing, actually, specifically as last mile delivery companies in tech. So the Ubers of the world and Just Eat, etc. And I think that I've always personally wanted to make an impact in my career. And I think I learned a lot from those different companies in terms of how to create things at scale and how to build a company. And I think I was at that point in my life where I really wanted to join a company that was impact and mission driven. I kind of wanted to get into healthcare because I could make the biggest impact and I'm excited to be doing so with an extremely ambitious and mission oriented team. You're based in the US, but you grew up in South Africa. And when the PR manager pitched you to me, she mentioned that you could really compare the attitude towards new therapies for HIV and PrEP prophylaxis for uh, STIs in South Africa compared to the US. So let's start there. How would you describe South Africa in terms of the population health and attitude towards uh, preventing STIs? If I just mention two numbers for the audience to understand the scope of the problem, um, according to the CDC or HHS, just looking at HIV, currently there's around 1.2 million people in the U.S. that have HIV and the U.S. has 330 million people. Now, South Africa has five times less people, 60 million people, but the number of people with HIV there is 5.7 million. So that's that's almost yeah five times as much. So what's the story of STIs and prevention in South Africa? Yeah, when talking about healthcare in South Africa, it's important to note that it is a fragmented system with a very inequitable distribution of healthcare resources and education. And this is evident when it comes to the attitude towards STIs. The small proportion of the population who have access to private healthcare and education their attitudes and challenges would reflect that of, you know, Western or developed uh, societies. But aside from this small portion of the population, the majority of the population that in areas with poor access to healthcare and education and often reside in rural, overpopulated areas, um, as you mentioned, there are very high rates of STIs and a large contributor to this is that lack of knowledge and the attitude towards preventing STIs in this population is lacking. The transmission and consequence of STIs is often still not even taught in schools or spoken about. And there is also still a very prevalent stigma with regards to HIV. And many people are afraid to ask questions or seek preventative measures or test or even disclose their status. In terms of the actual prevention, there's also like overall definitely skepticism regarding STI prevention as well as a treatment, especially when it comes to things like PrEP. The language that is used surrounding this is often language of Western medicine that is not fully understood or trusted in South Africa, unfortunately. 
we mentioned twice already PrEPs. So PrEP is a pre-exposure prophylaxis, basically a preventative approach for HIV. It's a daily pill that can reduce your chance of getting HIV from sex or injection drug use. And when taken as a prescribed, PrEP is actually more than 90% effective for preventing HIV. The first PrEP was approved by the FDA 10 years ago in 2012. And I really wonder how do you observe as Ash Wellness as and as someone who's in the space, how do you observe uh, just um, the advancements that have happened in the last uh, 10 years in terms of prevention and attitude towards these kinds of approaches? There, there has been some stigma reduction, but in general, it's still a very prevalent issue today. It's something that we often speak about as a team and also with our partners in the public health sector is that the CDC's 2020 HIV surveillance shows that HIV diagnosis actually dropped 17% between 2019 and 2020. However, the problem is that this drop is due to the decrease in testing. As according to another report from the CDC, the number of HIV tests funded by the CDC and administered by these healthcare settings dropped by 43% over that same time period between 2019 and 2020. Um, I think the pandemic, though, has sped up the adoption of self-collection testing and recent tech, advantage, tech advancements such as ASH's platform have made it possible to enable testing at scale. I was doing some research and I was looking at the availability of testing. I was just general search Europe, UK, US. And especially in the US, there really is a large number of kits that you can either buy in the pharmacy or order over mail. And it's worth emphasizing here that when we are talking about at-home diagnostics in this case, it's not about rapid testing as we use for COVID detection. It's actually just about the sample collection that's then processed in a lab and you get results after a few days. So the reliability is different than you would have with point-of-care tests. And testing is really important when it comes to STIs because we mentioned PrEP, which is preventing HIV, but it doesn't really impact other diseases. So some STIs such as hepatitis B or genital warts can be prevented with vaccines, but most other types of STIs are basically not preventable. So you would need to get tested and the partner would need to get tested to be sure that both don't have anything before you interact. How would you say that home testing is addressing the challenges of transmissions and just decreasing the number of infections with sexually transmitted diseases? I think that at-home testing, as it becomes more widely adopted, will definitely decrease the rate of STIs um, by helping people just have that additional access to care and decreasing the stigma around testing. Making it accessible means that more people can get tested and more people can know their status and also decreases the stigma around it. Because if you're ordering a test kit to be delivered to your house, we don't have to go in and speak to someone and disclose your sexual history. So that barrier to care is being taken away. The test kit can be delivered to your house the very next day. You can self-collect the privacy of your ad home and get your results within three to five days and then deal with any sort of care or post-care like treatment. 
Can you explain a little bit further what is the accessibility like in the US? Because even though these tests are relatively easily available, they do at the moment cost between 150 to 300 US dollars. How much of that is covered by the individual and how much by the insurance? Let's start there. In terms of accessibility, affordability is really high up there. And Ash is actually exclusively a B2B company, which means that we support existing healthcare systems instead of retailing directly to patients. In doing so, the majority of our services are actually covered by insurance or public health funding. From a policy standpoint, California passed the SB 306 bill that requires insurance companies to cover at-home testing for STIs, which is a huge win. That SB 306 bill ensures a pathway to STI services for low-income and uninsured LGBTQ plus patients, and it's going to expand the access of testing and treatment in the home and amongst that community. And lastly, to add, they under the Affordable Care Act prep, and the testing and care associated with it, prescription, is required to be covered naturally by health insurers. If I understood correctly, ASH is basically providing the infrastructure for the providers of, let's say, telemedicine or just labs that are offering the analysis of these samples. I'm wondering, uh, what are the demographics of people that actually take these tests? Because I think like 50% of all STIs are prevalent in the population between 18 to 24. So I don't, that is a... a younger population may be less aware of testing, even if there's out-of-pocket costs related to that, that might be the population that, that has a harder access to that if you wanted to test a few times per year. I don't know. Do you know anything about the just the demographics of people that are most commonly doing the at-home diagnostics? I lead strategic partnerships at ASH. I deal with different verticals that we sell into or partner with. And those different verticals are university healthcare, private healthcare systems, public healthcare entities, and then the sort of digital health wellness brands of the world. And I think you hit the nail on the head with regards to the growing STI rates amongst, you know, people aged 18 to 24. And that's why universities are a huge place to consider and to enable at-home testing at. And it makes a lot of sense for us to partner with university healthcare systems to ensure that students or college-aged people have access to at-home testing and are able to easily screen themselves for STIs. Other than that, the demographics obviously include public health setting, the people who are within those populations having access to at-home testing, whether it be a test kit being delivered to where they reside or having test kits available at events for them to easily access, pick up, self-collect, We have situations um, with public health uh, partnerships where they'll throw an event and they'll go to a concert in a community, music concert, a festival, and people will be able to pick up those at-home test kits. They'll, be, they'll take them to a bathroom nearby, they'll self-collect and drop them back off with whoever distributed that test kit, and it just helps get people and it helps bring people into care, basically. So we're trying to meet all the different populations where they are through partnering with relevant verticals within the healthcare sort of spectrum. So can you explain a little bit further where Ash Wellness fits into this whole picture? So we mentioned that you're not a telemedicine provider, you're not a B2C provider, so you don't directly interact with patients. 
you're just basically an intermediary. So what is the relationship between you, doctors that offer telemedicine, let's say, the labs and insurance companies, for example? Yeah, great question. So Ash Wellness is basically the tech behind Adverb Diagnostics. We have an API-first tech platform that acts as a middle orchestration layer for self-collection testing, which means that we offer this end-to-end solution. And so we pick, pack, and ship white-label test kits for our partners' patients. A doctor at a healthcare system would be able to order a test kit and send it out to their patient, and it would look and feel as if it's coming from that healthcare system. So we do the fulfillment, pick, pack, and shipping of white-label test kits. We have a compliance management team, so a network of providers across all 50 states who are able to approve the review and approve the test kit orders based on the state in which the patient is ordering the test kit from. We then work with all the leading labs that are based in class for at-home collection or self-collection testing, which means that they basically integrate with our platform. So our clients' patients have access to every single diagnostic that those labs have validated for. So not only STI testing, we actually offer over 150 different diagnostics, ranging from STIs to hormones to general wellness to heart health, fertility, etc., so it means that our clients in public health or our clients in private health care systems have one point in access to access all these different diagnostics. Finally, we have a HIPAA-compliant platform that a brilliant team of experts uh, in ad-hoc testing manage from client success to customer service operations to tech, etc., there is a lot that goes into at-home testing to make sure that operation runs very smoothly, and we basically manage that entire at-home testing program for our clients in a white-labeled fashion. And what is the most difficult for you in terms of the technology behind this? Because different labs use different equipment, do use different IT systems. So how challenging are integrations for you to be able to connect all the players in the story? We make basements with labs. Some, some integrations take a lot longer than others. Some are using HR7, which is much harder to integrate with. Some are API integrations. But basically what we're doing is we're doing that hard work so that clients can come to us and have one point in access to all those different labs. So we do obviously bear the burden of those big integrations, but that means that our clients receive the extensive care that those all extensive like taste menu that those labs can then offer them. One question that's often present when we're talking about at-home diagnostics and sample taking is how can you ensure that the samples are taken properly? So how do you actually address that problem? How big of a problem is that even? Yeah, great question. And I actually wanted to touch on this earlier. So uh, around two and a half years ago, when Ash was founded, we actually created a website where people could come and order an SDI test kit. So we were direct to consumer initially, and we would send that test kit to their house. They would self-collect from at home and send it back to our lab network, and we would pass on those results. And those first few months of retailing test kits, we were truly able to understand the user experience and what could go wrong when it comes to self-collecting at home. And what we did is optimize that test kit experience. So 
Now our Wank Label test kits have all of our user experience, like data that we collected over those months and years now. And we've designed extremely user-friendly and inclusive test kits to be sent out to the patients, which have both digital and physical instructions that are fail-proof. They walk the users through that at-home collection process. So whether it be a vaginal swab or a dry blood spot card, we have curated all of the videos. And we're actually really proud of our rejection rates. We have less than 4% rejection rates with dry blood spot cards, which is extremely low. And I think less than half a percent for the sort of three swipes, three side like swabs. If you're testing um, oral, rectal, and vaginal, but for gonorrhea and chlamydia, the rejection rate is less than half a percent. What happens in those cases? Do you send an additional test back to the person? Yeah. Exactly. So we have an automated like tech response. So once the sort of if there's a Q and A, so if there's a problem with a test kit, our labs, the ACAB basically flags our platform, and then a test kit gets sent out or a placement test kit gets sent out to the patient. It's great to see that the accessibility is improving and is being destigmatized, but the information about STIs is still very sensitive, very personal. So the next big question is how do companies protect the confidentiality of the test results? I think especially in the current climate and with the legislative changes and the Supreme Court decision about overturning Roe versus Wait, everybody's worried about everything. We've seen warnings that women shouldn't buy pregnancy test kits with credit cards that they should use money, that now cameras can read your car registration plate. You can basically be detected if you want to get an abortion. So the privacy issue is a huge challenge when it comes to healthcare. And this is just increasing the lack of trust in legislation because HIPAA potentially doesn't apply anymore uh, to abortion or pregnancy information because it's now just uh, forbidden by law. So in the case of the testing, how is privacy addressed? Yeah, I'd like to first add that Ash is obviously deeply saddened by what is going on with regards to people who um, are affected by what's going on in America and if you're assigned female at birth and this is impacting you, Ash, we're terribly saddened by what's going on and it's extremely important for us to protect patient data. So I just want to emphasize that Ash platform is fully HIPAA compliant and in terms of protecting patient data, we use a full suite of software tools and we have company policies to ensure that patient data is kept secure at all times. These tools sort of ensure data loss prevention and network monitoring. And then we have annual training for all employees that have access to PHI. With regards specifically to STIs, our partner labs are responsible for these regulatory requirements so they report all positive cases to the state. Earlier, you emphasized that uh, STI testing is just one of the offers that uh, providers can work with you for. How do you see the future development and impact of at-home diagnostics? How much can actually be moved into the home setting with the self-collection? Because there are some tests where samples are more sensitive than in other cases. So maybe you can explain the diversity in that sense a little bit further. Yeah, definitely. And there's limitations to at-home testing. You can't do a CBC or CMP from at-home. 
but there are a massive host of tests that you can do which fall into different categories under heart health or medication adherence or fertility, etc. So there are use cases where atom testing is never or right now not be applicable for, but for the use cases that they are, it definitely makes and healthcare more accessible. And I think that at-home diagnostics will become the norm amongst consumers. Every local health department, college, campus, hospital, clinic, et cetera, will include some sort of at-home testing capabilities um, for the applicable diagnostics. And the most exciting thing and impactful thing right now for us as a team at ASH is that we know that the furthered adoption of at-home diagnostics will have a direct link to the reduction of STI prevalence. And our tech is going to be what enables this reduction, which is super exciting for us. What are the biggest challenges that you're facing? What do you see as the biggest barriers that are seemingly difficult to overcome? So the biggest challenge that Ash Wellness is facing is obviously it's our mission to make healthcare more inclusive and accessible. And when... um, testing is not covered by funds or grants on public health side, we really need it to be covered by insurance in order to make sure that it is accessible. And currently, at-home testing, the full end-to-end experience is not covered by insurance. There's components of it that you can build for insurance, such as the diagnostic part, but the sample collection piece, the shipping, um, is not sort of bundled in. There's no CPT codes. Um, so there has been some movement, and I did mention this previously, with regards to California legislation or the bill that is going to uh, make at-home testing for STIs covered by payers. But this needs to be a broad solution across the U.S. in order to make at-home testing accessible. You actually uh, opened up a few additional questions. We actually didn't uh, talk as much about the partnerships that you have. I would be curious to to find out how do the needs uh, differ based on the different customers or healthcare stakeholders that you work with. That's just one. Yeah, and I think that is a brilliant question because it depends on how they utilize our platform. So we've got quite a flexible platform in the sense that our main aim is to make atom testing in a wide group of fashion as easy as possible for the patients. So what that means is if we integrate with a healthcare system that have a provider network, they don't have to utilize our full platform in the sense of the compliance piece. We integrate with their existing kit and they're able to utilize our platform to enable white label test kits. So they're utilizing us a little bit differently. When we're going to public health entities, we may not have to do a big EHR integration. They might just use a portal that we've built to order those test kits and receive results, etc. So we've created a flexible platform that can either integrate into EHRs, that can do an API integration into a short of Shopify website, that we've also got these portals where providers or patients can go in and place orders for the test kits themselves. So we're just trying to make it as easy as possible for all the different partners that we work with to enable at-home testing. But going back to the question about the challenges or barriers that you potentially see, maybe you can add anything here in terms of the legislation and the coverage of how home testing is integrated in this story. So in terms of pricing and the just the cost of at-home testing, how does it compare to the ordinary approach where a patient just goes to the lab 
because sometimes insurance companies just want to decide not to cover a specific part of care. We also saw with COVID, not necessarily just because of insurance companies, but also because of the habits of people that telemedicine dropped significantly after the pandemic. So I'm not saying that this is not something that's going to be used. There is questions of where you don't know how decision makers might might change their mind in terms of what they pay for and what they don't. Here, I guess you can also talk a little bit more about the business model that you have and who pays for your services. Yeah, look, what's happening in California in terms of ACI at-home test kits being covered by insurance or policymakers around, the sort of policy around that is really exciting for Ash and all at-home testing companies because I think that COVID and these sort of policies are propelling insurers or payers to build like CBT codes for at-home testing and to be able to cover it by insurance. And that is the direction that we hope it goes and I'm sure that it will go. And we're hearing more and more working I, I speak to payers all the time, etc. And we're hearing more and more that adaptive testing will be covered by insurers. But in terms of the challenges, there's different sort of partnerships that we have. On the public health side, it's covered by public health funding. With the private healthcare systems, it's often covered by insurance up to a certain percent. But there's pieces of at-home testing that aren't covered by insurance. And they, that is a challenge around accessibility there because then you're paying out of pocket for something. But if you were to compare it, and I think this is our sound water in terms of to businesses, right? If you were to compare having a staff member on site with the collection of material to draw blood and to pay someone to do that specific job in comparison to what it costs to send out an at-home test kit at scale to all those different patients and how many patients you can reach and how many patients you can bring in, um, it's hard to compare like because it's apples and pears. So I think that as the industry shifts to more an at-home testing model, there'll actually be a ton of cost savings and there'll be a ton of patient acquisition because you're able to reach people in a much more cost-efficient manner. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast because it really, really helps other listeners interested in digital health find the show as well. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm.